Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. The most dangerous phrase in our language is we've always done it this way. There are an awful lot of posers out there. People that do lean because they're mandated to do it. They think it will work. How stable are you today? What are your goals? Are you generating small, simple improvements? There are very few people that embrace lean with their full heart, head, and emotion. Let's imagine that your current output is top-notch. Is that enough to stop innovating and stop reaching for more? Patrick's book uncovers the essence of what those organizations look like and what the posers look like. Caution, are you in the fake zone or the real zone? Order your copy today at avoidcontinuousappearance.com. All right. Hello, everybody. We have the amazing opportunity to have Deandra Wardell on with us. She is an inspirational leader who serves as a strategic business partner, cultural change steward, and operational expert uh, in many different areas. And um, the, the list goes on and on, Deandra. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm also excited to be part of the Lean Communicators group with you. So we've got to know each other quite a bit over the last year. But welcome to the Lean Solutions podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Um, I've always admired you from a distance and have followed your work. I, I think what you're doing in the lean space is absolutely fabulous. And like you said, it has been a joy, a delight, an honor to be connected with you through the Lean Communicators Group. I've, I've learned so much from you. And um, I'm just excited to be here today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Um, and obviously, I love all the, the stuff that you're doing. Uh, we're going to get into uh, some of the work that you're doing around your uh, strategic vision board workshop. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, sure. But before we do, you mentioned the word joy. What joy comes to you um, when you think about your day-to-day -day work in practicing lean? What, what joys do you experience? You know, the, the joy that I experience is, um, I think, what, what many of us can identify with who do this work. And that's that light bulb experience, that mm -hmm. light bulb moment when um, an individual has a breakthrough or, you know, they, they come to you with something exciting that they've reached a milestone. They've been able to overcome an obstacle, something that they've been struggling with. You know, they get it. And um, they're just excited about it. And it brings me joy when they get to that point and, and being able to witness them, you know, achieve whatever it is that they were working towards. It's one of my most favorite moments when you see that you just see the light bulb go off and you can yeah. just see it in someone's face that they've, you know, made the, made the connection or they've, they've learned something that they didn't realize, you know, before. And so it's definitely one of my most uh, favorite moments as well. Do you have like mm -hmm. a, maybe an example of one of those times, maybe your, your most favorite time or, or just a time maybe lately that you had someone that had that light bulb go off and you, and you were able to help them through that? Yeah, you know, my my favorite light bulb moment, and this this reminds me when I was pretty much at the, at the beginning of, of coaching and leading others and introducing them to lean, and this is in one of my past work lives. And I've always 
thought that it was important that within an organization that everyone should understand lean. Everyone mm-hmm. should be able to apply it to the work and whatever it is that they were doing. It's not limited to a certain department or a management team, that it's something that should be introduced to everyone. And I remember at the time, uh, we were focusing a lot on identifying waste in the process. And so uh, my team and I had created these posters, Have You Seen Tim Woods, Mm. um, as a way to spot waste um, and, and look for ways to make small improvements. And I remember I was in the employee break room and an employee came up to me and he's like, oh, my goodness, DeAndre, you are not going to believe what I found. I was like, what'd you find? You know, I thought, what's going on? It's, you know, do I need to you know, jump up on the table or something. <laughs> and he said, I found Tim Woods. And it was something within the process. There was um, an opportunity to refurbish and recycle a particular part, you know, take it through a, a cleaning process that w- that's ended up saving the business unit, tens of thousands of dollars wow. instead of, you know, buying new parts. This technician who, you know, um, had a high school diploma, um, the only experience it had with understanding and learning lean was uh, the training that my team and I was providing and the coaching that we were providing. And as a result of that, he understood how what the work he was doing was aligned with the goals of the department, the goals of the business, the goals of the company. And he identified a way not only to save the company money, but to save resources and then cut down on lead time and delivering a product to the customer, which delighted the customer. And so that that is like my one of my all time Mm. favorite light bulb moments. And there have been so many moments since then, especially uh, with the work that I currently do with the strategic vision board workshops for individuals and for companies. But that always stands out as my favorite, because like I said, this was someone who had a high school diploma and perfect, perfect example of, you know, when people are given the opportunity to use the creativity, the skills, the ingenuity that they ingenuity that they have within them, the opportunities and possibilities are endless. Oh, that's amazing. I love that story. Uh, and, and the other piece of that that I really like is just the the fact that you guys made it fun, right? I mean, we yeah. all have heard the acronyms, uh, you know, there, there's a, a, a bunch of them out there, but to to make it fun like that and and have people kind of out searching almost like the, the Where's Waldo, you know, yeah. the old Where's Waldo <laughs> thing, like, looking for it everywhere you go and being able to identify it. So that's amazing. I love that. And, you know, I think that that's that's important, you know, with the work that we have to do. And of course, you know, we have serious goals and objectives and things that we're trying to accomplish for our customer. But, you know, especially now in these hybrid workspaces, we spend the majority of our time at work, Mm -hmm. you know, physically in a location, virtually in a location. And as much as possible, you know, uh, we as leaders, those of us in the continuous improvement space, you know, it should, it should be fun. It should be fun, you know, finding ways to improve upon processes and make things better. It shouldn't feel like it's, oh my goodness, I have to do that or something that's burdensome. So true. I love that. Um, and and you mentioned the the strategic vision board. So I'm I'm excited to to kind of dive into that a little bit too because that sounds like fun to me. Uh, and I'd love to to hear a little bit more about that. So tell us uh, what, what's unique about your strategic vision board workshops and, and visioning process. 
So what's unique about uh, the strategic vision board process that I take people through? And and I'm sure, you know, people have heard of vision boards and um, there are a number of celebrities who do vision boards and and visioning is a very important practice because, you know, if you visualize something, it's set in your mind, you focus on it and you can achieve it. But what's different in the approach that I take to conduct the workshops is that continuous improvement is embedded in the workshops. So depending on the audience, um, you know, it's it's almost kind of like uh, the Tim Woods, you know, which you know stands for the eight ways, and that you know I I share lean methodologies, lean tools, in such a way that it's not intimidating, and I use personal examples so that they can figure out how to connect to their purpose mm. because that's the goal. I want people to connect to their purpose, and when you're when you figure out what it is you're on this earth to accomplish and what you're on this earth to do, you know, your big overarching you know, goal. Um, Then the other part is applying lean to identify, well, what's the first step I need to take? What target am I working towards? What milestone am I working towards? And helping people to not feel so overwhelmed, whatever it is they want to accomplish, to break it down into those small steps. So that's that's, um, a large part of it. And the other part that, that sets the strategic vision board workshops apart is uh, I provide guidance on things that people can do on a daily basis to what I call interact with their board. Mm-hmm. And that's a way to help, you know, whatever it is that they're envisioning to come to fruition and come to pass and become a reality. I love it. And and I'm excited to, uh, to, to maybe we can connect uh, at a later point because I'd love to see some of these vision boards or maybe even be part of one of your workshops in the future. Oh, I would love that. Um, Something that I am, I just did a a workshop last week with an organization. It was a nonprofit. And um, what they were, they were hosting what was called Continuous Improvement Week. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do something a little different. And they had heard about the Strategic Vision Board workshops. And what I did is um, I customized the workshops. And that's pretty much how all my workshops are. No two are the same. I take into consideration the audience and what it is they want to accomplish. But what we did during this workshop, it was visioning. They um, they had a professional goal and a personal goal. And the professional goal was aligned with the strategic objectives of the organization. Mm-hmm. And then there was a heavy continuous improvement component built in. And um, it, I was just, it was just a great experience. And so that's something that um, I enjoy doing as well as not only the personal uh, strategic vision board workshops, but the strategy and alignment visioning workshops with organizations and companies, helping to show how their employees are connected with the goals of the organization. Yeah. And, and we, as part of the Lean Communicators group, we were able to experience just a, a little taste of it. Uh, and I, I just, I loved how visual, I love the visuals that you provided and, and you, you, you know, it just helped us to make the connection. You you talked about purpose and, you know, understanding mm-hmm. what we're trying to shoot for and, and even the tie into Kata, which we're going to get into here in just a little bit as well, yes. but being able to see how Kata is also part of those, those workshops is really powerful. You know, and that was such a great experience. I I don't remember if I shared this with the Lean Communicators or not, but that activity we went through um, when we did that, when we did those strategic vision board workshops, I was piloting that format um, to to use and to test and run an experiment to see how that would work. 
um, for the workshop that I did for the organization I just mentioned earlier. And so there were so many good learnings watching. It, you all just completely blew my mind of how we started with the question, wouldn't it be great? Mm-hmm. And the different things that have come from that. So um, thank you for being a part of that experience. Oh, absolutely. I it appreciate was, it. It was amazing. I, I love being part of it. So I want to transition just a little bit, Deandra, to uh, lean in the HR world because, you know, a lot of us understand who, who've been involved with lean understand mm-hmm. how lean works in manufacturing right it's r- really simple to make the connections when you're making mm-hmm. widgets and you can obviously you can tie that back to toyota uh, very very easily it's it's a little bit more difficult when it comes to the administrative or the transactional side of of lean and and so i want to um, just kind of tap into you a little bit to hear you know what your experience has been in incorporating lean into with with your teams and the companies that you've worked mm-hmm. for as an hr leader Sure. So, you know, what I what I think of um, one of my most recent roles, um, I was the uh, vice president of human resources and continuous improvement at an organization. And I thought it was brilliant that this organization had enough, you know, just foresight to see how HR is linked to continuous improvement. That's the first time I had you know ever worked with an organization that saw that connection because I've always well, for one, I see where continuous improvement applies to everything, whether it's manufacturing, an office environment, volunteer organizations, just what have you. But, you know, like other departments within a company, you know, you have a, a goal or a target that you aspire to reach, you know, and every company, there's a strategic plan or set goals or objectives, there's metrics, there's, you know, KPIs or key performance indicators that you're working towards. And whatever that it is that you're striving towards, well, there is a current condition, there is a current state. And that gap between where you are and where you want to be, um, that's where applying lean comes into play in closing that gap. And, you know, I have, I've been very fortunate in the organizations I've worked with is I've always lobbied and positioned that human resources is a key strategic partner mm. with whatever the business is working on. Yes. Uh, human resources, they're a vital change agent because human resources is connected to you know, the life of the company, and right. that's the employees. So focusing on outcomes and you know, conditions of how an organization or a company needs to operate begins with working with the employees and uh, making sure that they have the tools that they need to be successful, that they're very clear on how their daily work and the things that they're coming in to do. They're not coming in just mindlessly, you know, build widgets or, or what have you, but that they're to serve a purpose that's connected with the overall vision and mission of the organization and what it is trying to accomplish for their customers, whether it's a product or a service. And so, you know, where human resources comes into play is really, like I said, just standing up as that strategic partner, empowering the employees of all levels. That includes management and entry-level employees, whether someone's been with the company 20 years or two months or two weeks, that, you know, HR helps to see how everyone fits in to the puzzle, mm-hmm. um, to execute and deliver results. And, and when HR has that mindset, it really helps, I think, with the commitment of the employees. It helps to build the competence of the employees. Um, it helps to build the school, the skill set and helps them to grow. And then not only that, you know, some organizations, 
you know, really struggle with identifying opportunities for advancement mm-hmm. when, you know, roles open up. They really struggle with how do we get these roles filled? But if we're applying lean and HR, where we're developing employees, where we have a really solid succession plan, you know, where, you know, not only is a person learning the key components to be successful in their job, but there's opportunity for cross-training, to learn other jobs and be mentored, you know, just, that just helps the company to be productive. So it just makes sense that those who are in the field of HR, that they also understand the importance of lean and continuous improvement, again, to help drive those results for the That's organization. Right. That's right. And, and, and I love that you mentioned developing employees uh, as, as part of that partnership. Uh, and I'd love to hear your take on uh, practicing lean to align a company's strategic goals with the performance review process and how that how those two uh, are connected. So that is one of my has has always been something very important to me. When I worked in the corporate world, uh, when I worked in retail, when I worked in banking, and and, as, and especially now as a consultant, is you know we often talk about the voice of the customer, and there are two customers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our internal and our external. And that internal customer is the voice of the employee. That's right. And it is so important. And and, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well. Um, For anyone that's gone through a value stream mapping activity, Mm -hmm. where you bring people from different departments and different areas to come together and look at a process. And nine times out of nine, they'll say, oh, I I didn't realize you needed me to do that step. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that you needed a report to be formatted this way or sent at this particular time to make your work life easier. And, you know, when employees understand not only what it is that they they need to do in their role in terms of responsibilities, tasks and duties, but they understand how what they're doing connects with the process before them and the process after them. And not only that, how all of those steps work together to align with whatever it is you're trying to deliver in terms of a a service or product to the customer, it it just helps with um, the buy-in and the commitment. And so something that's always been important to me, and this is uh, some work that I've really been focusing on, and I'm in the process of, actually, I've, I've developed a workshop that I'm guiding organizations through now, but it starts out with, Understanding the strategic plan. Mm-hmm. What are the overall one, three, five-year goals of the company? And from there, that information is cascaded throughout the organization. And it's tied in to the performance goals. So that, you know, when an employee comes into work, the tasks that they're doing every day, they don't just see it as, oh, I'm checking this box or I'm doing this and it doesn't have any meaning. They really understand how the work that they do every day aligns with the bigger objectives and goals of the organization. And, um, you know, I have been in places where employees understand, well, I'm not just here to make a label Mm -hmm. for this medicine, but the work that I do provides clear instructions so that when someone takes this medicine, that they have the right dosage. Mm -hmm. They see how what they're doing is connected with the end product and the end results. So being able to cascade that to the daily performance goals, again, like I said, I just really think that it helps with the stickiness of an employee with a company um, and they're less likely to leave. That's right. They're more excited about investing and and sharing more ideas to make processes better because they see where they're a part of the big picture. 
That's right. I'm a firm believer that that team members, employees, that everyone comes to work and they want to do a good job, right? And, Absolutely. and it's our job as management or in your in your case as an HR executive to ensure that people understand their connection to the end goal or you know to so right. I, I love that that you're working at, that you have a workshop and and that you've uh, tied it to the, the the overall strategic goals of the organization because otherwise people are coming into work and they're just punching the clock right and heading yeah, home and yeah. and nobody wants I can't say nobody but the majority of people don't want to work like that right they want to engage with people they want to use their brains they want to mm-hmm. uh, understand how the work that they're doing is connected you know to to the end customer so I, I really appreciate that you uh, that you talked about that um, and if, if I can, add, can I add yeah, one more thing to that? You know, when you said that, you know, people, when they come in, people want to do a good job. Yes. You know, I, it's been my experience that it's it's the majority of people are not there to just punch a clock. They're mm-hmm. there to make a difference. And that's why it's the case that when there are those gaps between how a process should be performing and how it's not performing, you know, when you talk to the people who are closest to the process, they're not happy that, you know, Uh, process isn't working the way it is to achieve the result. And oftentimes they have the best ideas about how to close those gaps because it's more than about, you know, a paycheck. They, they see the value and what they're doing. Um, You know, in, in, in some manufacturing environments, the work that they do is like a craft or skill and they take great pride in their work and they want to be successful. That's absolutely right. I've, I've experienced the same thing in, in the work that I do. And let's talk about, let's transition to Kata now because we've, we've kind of dabbled a little bit in that and, and talked, uh, you've mentioned it a, a couple of times in, in some of your, your, uh, conversation here. But what drives your passion for practicing improvement and, and coaching Kata? So what drives my passion is because of my experience as a learner. Um, my experiences early on and having a coach, having my own storyboard, you know, having a challenge and a target condition that I had to work towards. And I, I often refer to myself as a, a recovering micromanager. <laughs> uh, before the kata, I always felt that as a manager, I should always have the answers I should have very clear cut, well thought out plans of how we're going to do things step by step. And I'm a planner and then that's that's just not going to change. But I was on the the end of the spectrum that was ridiculous Mm. with planning. And as a result of, like I said, having a coach, I often talk about Tracy Defoe. And um, really, she represents what the kata means because I was able to trust her. I knew that she wanted, you know, she was really trying to get me to think, identify those bite-sized steps that I could take because I would always want to take these big, huge, monstrous leaps and just really framing and understanding that, you know, you have a challenge, you understand your current condition, you know, the current, current condition is what it is. You don't put any negative connotations around it. You have a target and you experiment towards it. And what makes the kata like I said, so meaningful to me, the other part of it is, is the the mindset and the approach of scientific thinking that you form a hypothesis, you run an experiment, you test, and whatever it is that you discover, you know, you either get closer to your target, but if you don't get closer to your target, guess what? That's okay because you've learned something That's right. and you can take whatever it is you learn, build on that and form your next hypothesis, run your next experiment. And it's all very scientific. You know, it has the plan, do, check act or plan, do, study act cycle embedded in it. The part um, where, you know, you have a coach 
and a learner or a mentor, a mentee or coach, coachy or what have you, that you're not alone on this journey of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that if you focus on, you know, just taking one small step and you continuously work at it, it becomes a habit. It becomes a way of doing it. becomes a way of thinking. And then before you know it, you know, you've reached your target and you're working to your neck towards your next one. And so, um, so in terms of practicing, practicing that as a learner and then becoming a coach and then coaching and working with my team and using that, that, that way of thinking, that way of doing, what I realized is, you know, DeAndre, although you're the manager, you don't need all the answers. Mm-hmm. And my team, you know, I've really been fortunate. I've, I've worked with some really fabulous, dynamic, great thinkers. And um, even like early on when we had some of the earlier storyboards that I would coach them through, I remember... One of my employees, there was a target condition and there was an experiment that she was running. And in my mind, I was thinking, oh, she needs to do this next. But I was really disciplined and not telling her what to do and just asking her the questions. And the result of her experiment, and then when she when she completed that first target and moved on to her second and third, I was just blown away by what she discovered mm. and the direction in which she went towards reaching her challenge. And had I told her what to do along the way, she would not have received, she would not have achieved the monumental results that she did. And so that was just very eye-opening to me. And then as we began to, you know, work within the facilities that we supported and the teams that, uh, you know, that were in those facilities who have varying degrees of experience with continuous improvement, some were really new on the journey, some were uh, black belts, applying the kata still helped them to go from current condition to target condition, current state to future state. Right. And it, and it just makes sense. That's right. Yeah. I love, I love Kata. I love the, the concepts. I love everything about it. Um, I, I do have a question for you based on uh, your experience over this past year uh, with mm-hmm. Kata. How have you seen maybe different organizations using uh, Kata virtually or what, what has, what, what tools or techniques have you used uh, to continue using Kata, you know, in times when we can't be face-to-face together and have a visual uh, storyboard? So I've seen some really amazing things with technology in the past year, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with Zoom and Miro and Mural mm-hmm. and, you know, just all the different apps and tools that are out there where we can share workspaces. But what I'm what I'm really fortunate about is early on when I was first introduced to Kata, although we could be face-to-face, um, you know, Tracy was in Canada I was in Indiana. And so we experimented early on with coaching one another virtually. Um, Mm. And then at that time, um, my team were all over the world. I had, you know, team members in Poland and Ireland and London and, you know, North Carolina and Chicago and everywhere. And so, um, you know, at that time, what we did is we, we used PowerPoint, we used Excel and you know, of course, we have the WebEx meetings and things of that nature. Right. But more recently, I see quite a bit of, of creativity, especially with one of the kata exercises that is taught to introduce people into the fundamentals or the starter kata, the kata in the classroom. Oh, yeah. So I um, thankfully, I have been able to work with uh, Julie Simmons. And Gemma Jones, um, as a matter of fact, KataCon Europe is coming up and they're hosting um, a virtual exercise teaching Kata in the classroom using mural. And nice. that has just been that that it's just it just blows my mind to see people actually working on a puzzle in a virtual space. Mm-hmm. And then in other organizations that I've worked with, again, you know, in, in these virtual spaces, 
um, where we can share digital whiteboards, you know, have the little virtual post-it notes where we can create the virtual storyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it works. And the, the steps still apply as long as we're following the four steps, getting the direction, grasping the current condition, setting a target condition, and then, you know, experimenting towards that target condition by overcoming obstacles, it all still applies. And right. I think it's, uh, it's very adaptable to the environments that we're currently working in. Right. I agree completely. And I, I've seen the same thing. So it's good to hear your take on that as well. And and obviously love the work that you're doing with, with Kata. Uh, so so thank you for that. Um, so what what's next for Deandra? What are you what are you working on now or what's what's the next thing that, that's that's coming down the pipe for you? So um, I you know have several what I call passion projects. And at the heart and foundation of all of them are continuous improvement specifically the Kata. Mm. Um, so one is um, further development on the, the strategic vision board workshops. Um, I'm currently designing um, a cohort to to have people participate in the workshops and really provide more one-on-one hands-on coaching and creating a community because unless something that I've learned from the strategic vision board workshops that I've conducted so far is that people want to remain connected, mm-hmm. um, especially while we're, you know, somewhat still somewhat social distancing. Just building those communities are really important, and so um, that's one thing I'm working on. The other thing is um, again taking these strategy and alignment workshops with a visioning component and working with organizations and really helping to improve the employee engagement by again linking those strategic goals to the employee performance management review process. And then the last project, well, the, these are the, just the top three. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we have a set amount of time here. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> but, but the other, you know, one project that's very near and dear to me is the hashtag root cause racism movement. Mm. And what that's about that, again, is applying continuous improvement, specifically the steps of the Toyota Kata and um, finding ways for us to dismantle structural racism one small step at a time. And so with just things I've been witnessing over the past few months, I'm partnering with Dorsey Sherman and Tracy Defoe, two other great outstanding kind of coaches. And we're developing something called the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Dojo or the DEI Dojo. And the purpose of these workshops is to go from the diversity and inclusion statements and really applying some structure to them and developing action mm. um, because it's really important that employees see that if, if that companies have these great DNI statements on the websites, but what does that mean in terms of day-to-day practice and, and action? That's right. Um, and so that's the third thing that I'm working on right now. Powerful. My other kind of friends. Yeah. Powerful. Um, where, where would people find uh, more information about the, the, you said it's hashtag. Root cause racism. Where would people find in, more information if they want to get involved or, or help support that in some way? Great question. Thank you for asking. The best two ways to find out anything about the work that I'm doing, um, there are two websites. So to answer your question, um, to get involved with root cause racism, there is a website, rootcauseracism.com. And there is a community section that focuses on the four areas that the movement is really doing most of our work around. And that's healthcare, education, business, and government. And so there is a form that people can complete to 
share resources, to make recommendations if a person wants to write a blog, mm-hmm. what have you. So uh, again, visiting that rootcauseracism.com website. And then for everything that I've talked about, including root cause racism, um, that information is also on my webpage, our website. Perfect. And that is Deandra Wardell. So D-E-O-N-D-R-A-W-A-R-D-E-L-L-E.com. Perfect. And so everything that I've talked about, the, the strategic vision board workshops, strategy and alignment workshops, the customized training, even the work with root cause racism yep. that is on my uh, website. And you you are working as an independent consultant, correct? So someone was looking correct. for someone, they could go to your website and get in contact with you that way as well. Absolutely. And I'm on pretty much all social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have a YouTube channel. But um, the best place to to go to reach me is is through the, the website. Perfect. And that's well, DeandraWardell.com. DeandraWardell.com. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, uh, love the work that you're doing, uh, obviously, in so many different areas. And, and like you said, we've only, it's a drop in the bucket to, in comparison to all the different work that you're doing. But uh, just hearing your, your take on uh, H, lean and HR and strategic development and, and tying, uh, you know, lean to performance reviews. And now we're into Kata and then hashtag uh, root cause racism. I mean, you're working on so many things. So just love the work that you're doing. And I appreciate having you on as a guest today. So Patrick, thank you again for having me on and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share all of these passion projects. Um, it may seem like a lot, but it's, you know, the goal is to just do what we do in Lean to, to make an impact, one small step, one process, one opportunity at a time. And I'm really thankful for people like you in the Lean community that I can partner with and collaborate with to help me to accomplish my wouldn't it be great? And that's to create a world of problem solvers. Amazing. Love it. Well, I want to have you on again, Deandra, maybe okay. maybe a, a few months out and and just catch up on some of these passion projects that you're working on and just kind of hear the progress as as you're, you know, as you're moving along. Absolutely. I, I welcome that opportunity. I always enjoy catching up with you. Perfect. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.